0: Stand to your feet, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Matthew as we prepare for the word of the Lord this morning. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number one, and I'm going to be reading from verses 18 uh, through 25. Matthew, chapter number one, verses 18 through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was mindful to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth his son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophets, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being arose from sleep, did as the Lord, angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Pray with me. Father, thank you uh, for the word this morning. God, we thank you for the life, Father, of Joseph, Father, a man, Father, of integrity, a man, Father, God, that you use to do extraordinary things on behalf of facilitating your birth and ultimately your death for our sins on that cross. Father, we thank you so much, God, that Uh, You are with us today. So, Lord, as we study, I pray, God, that you would give us revelation, that you would give us insight, that you would speak to us, that we might gain wisdom, Lord, and how to deal with the everyday issues of life that confronts all of us. There are parallels, Lord, in the life of Joseph that I believe that can help us to become more of the people that you want us to be. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. Um, We're in the second installment of our series, and we're talking about the Christmas story. As many of you know, uh, the Christmas story is a very, very exciting story, mainly because uh, our salvation began with the birth of Christ, Christ coming into the world for our sins. And so uh, the thing that we can gain as we continue to uh, profile the lives of those God used is that there are deep uh, parallels in their lives as it relates to us. Sometimes I think that when we study the scriptures, we can very easily, you know, you read something over and over and over again there's a tendency, we have to be very careful that we don't just overlook some things. And so I pray this morning that you would, that God would help us to really gain a fresh perspective. Now I know that most, if not all of us, have read the Christmas story. You either read it in the Bible or you heard of it. But today I want you, for just a little while, to erase all of your preconceived uh, 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 thoughts about the Christmas story, and I want you to kind of position yourself as if you are hearing this story for the very first time, all right? That's why I want you to look at this. Think of this, what we're gonna share this morning. This is the first time I've heard it, so I want you to push the reset button, okay? So everybody do this with me, just hit reset. Just do this, point to your head, reset. Okay, I want you to reset, and we're gonna look at this because God is really going to help us this morning. how many of you like surprises? Somebody says, I hate surprises. It's mixed. Well, there are all kinds of surprises, right? Uh, I particularly love surprise. I love good surprises. I don't know about you. Uh, like I remember that somebody had uh, blessed me, had set me up one day, and they called me over to Starbucks. And I get to Starbucks, and they blessed me with one of the best gifts that I could have ever gotten. And that was a Dallas Cowboy leather jacket. Some of you have seen that jacket. Let me tell you, I was gladly uh, surprised and I was overjoyed. Uh, I was very, very uh, uh, appreciative when my wife would tell me when I come home, you know we have four kids. And uh, you know when she surprised me in particular with my firstborn son, she called and said, "I'm pregnant. And let me tell you that was just an incredible time for me. I was really, really exciting, really, really exciting time. I think of uh, Uh, Christmas time, obviously, I I just love the fact, because we all, how many of you have been buying some stuff and you've been trying to hide it from people? (laughs) We do it every year, right? You buy some stuff and you want to hide it. Why are you hiding this stuff? Because you want that element of what? Surprise. You want to see that, you want them to see that when you give them that gift, that you want to just see that look on their face like, wow, you know, and I love, my, my kids are great at this, man, because, you know, we, you know we, we're pretty good at fooling them, but the older they get, the harder it is. I want you, you all know that. But, but I just love to see that look on their face when they have a good surprise. But how do we know that all surprises are not good? Some of us have had surprises that we're not too happy about. Life has a way of, pardon the expression, kicking us in the tail, doesn't it? You know, you you make plans and you make decisions in life and you plot your course and all of a sudden life is interrupted by some event, some situation that is unwanted. And many of us Perhaps find yourself in a situation right now where you've had some unexpected things happen in your life. Perhaps you're sitting here and you're thinking that you have plans for this, and all of a sudden, this storm came. Storm came. Storm hit. And, and it kind of left you baffled. And, 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 you know, you ever uh, watch boxing? You, you know, every now and then they get punched And you see a boxer get kind of staggered like this. And some of us are, perhaps you're staggering a little bit because you've taken a hard blow. Jesus said very clearly that it rains on the just and the unjust. He never, ever said that life, that he would actually give us all the details of our lives. He never said that. He says that the just shall live by faith, but still it doesn't help the fact, it doesn't help the fact that we still have to deal with the issues that are confronting us. I um, had a situation, if you will, could you close the back door for me please, thank you. I had a situation of a pastor friend of mine, speaking of an unwanted surprise, um, I got message last night that his 18-year-old son was killed uh, in a car accident. Uh, This pastor friend of mine, we're very, very good friends, and uh, we talk all the time, and just recently he had told me that he was driving up to, uh, I believe, James Madison with his son and uh, taking him to college. It was his freshman year, 18 years of of age. uh, He was a track star. Uh, track star and at high school in Western Branch High School, which is in the Chesapeake area uh, he was also emerging track star. He came to that school because he had the gift of of running. He was an athlete and get a message that his son was killed he was a passenger in the car he 's a preacher he's he and his wife love God. They have a fine church where they're pastoring at. And one would be left wondering, how, how can that possibly happen? How can, how can a man and woman of God that serve God, people that love God, and all of a sudden, something like this happened as a parent, no parent want to, Uh, Bury your child. The worst thing that could ever happen, and I pray to myself that I never have to bury one of my own kids. I just could not imagine that. Here's a young man cut down at the beginning of a life at 18 years of age. That's a big surprise. It's a bad surprise. I don't even have the words. I tried to speak with him last night. I don't even have the words. But the unexpected does happen. And it is in these moments that our faith will be challenged. I wish, gosh, I I wish I could stand up here today and I could say to you, I wish I could say, you know, uh, your life is gonna be great. God's gonna warn you about every turn. Uh, that is going to go exactly the way you... I wish that I could tell you that, but I can't. Because we live a life of faith. And so many will say, well, what in the world did they do wrong? Perhaps... The reason why they're experiencing what they did is because they are not doing this right. They're not doing that right. How many know that we're good at doing that, right? Every time there's something happens, there's always got to be a cause and effect. Maybe it's because you're, they're not living right. Well, I can vouch for this pastor and his wife as best as I know they're living right. I can vouch for a lot of people that are going through various trials and situations in life. And they're doing, they're doing the best they can. They're living right and yet the unexpected happens that life has a way of challenging our faith. Life has a way of sneaking up on us. But the question then becomes, how do we handle situations that unfold how do we handle the unexpected how do we handle when you had all these plans all these dreams I look at my daughter and it's amazing I, my, my destiny she's always in the mirror and she's prancing and she's dancing and she's telling us all of her plans that she's going to have her life she's telling us where she's going to go to college she says I'm going to I'm going to get daddy and mommy's house the house belongs to me uh, she tells me what college she's going to go to and She dances, she she got all these wonderful, and I sit there and I look. And I just say, God, help her roots to dig down deep in you. God bless her. God help her, because if your roots, here's here's what this message is about this morning. It is about getting your root system down deep, because it's going to happen. Life is going to happen. You will get surprised. Trust me, you will get surprised. The question then becomes, what do I do when that happens to us? Just by way, a verse I want to recite to you. First Peter 4.12 talks about thinking not strange concerning the fiery trial that has come upon you. Think it not strange. Why would Peter, why would Peter Tell the church, don't think it's strange concerning that trial that you're experiencing, that that, that obstacle, that unexpected event that happened in your life that you never saw, that you got blindsided by. He said, don't look at that situation like, why is that happening to me? He says, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial. Why could Peter say such a thing? Because you got to know that God knows the beginning and the ending of a thing. And in the end, how many know that you're going to be just perfectly fine? You're going to be just perfectly fine. But he's warning us, don't think it's strange. In other words, whatever happens, don't lose your faith. Don't lose your trust. Whenever I discover people are going through a very difficult time, the number one thing that I pray for them, as with my friend who just lost his son yesterday, I pray that their faith will remain firm. Because how many know that sometimes when things don't go the way we like, the temptation sometimes is to bail on God. It's to bail. I was listening to a, a preacher who uh, the other day I was, I was listening to him. And while actually yesterday while I was studying and he was a guy who preached and walked with the Lord for 25 years. And now he's proclaiming that he's an atheist or an or agnostic. Well, why? What happened? And he began to share. He said, what well, things happen in life, and there was a really, really bad situation. And he began to talk about how this situation left him to conclude that there is no God. If you don't get your roots down deep, when life swings at you, you will find yourself in a place that you never thought you would be. we look at the life of joseph what does joseph has to do with all of this you know as i study the bible and i always look into the christmas story uh, there's not many sermons that are preached about joseph we talk a lot about mary and rightfully so because she was the mother of jesus i mean think about it i mean you are blessed you are highly favored to give birth to jesus i mean come on i mean that is the pinnacle of blessing we hear talk about, I've preached myself about the wise men. We talk about the shepherds. We talk about Herod. But somehow, Joseph is kind of left back there in the background. And nobody ever really talked much about Joseph. And as I began to look at Joseph's life, God began to show me some things. And I was like, wow god is going to help us this morning biography of joseph just a very short one his family his hometown was in bethlehem that was his lineage he was of the lineage of david the king Uh, but he lived in nazareth in galilee he was a carpenter joseph by trade he was the earthly father of jesus uh, he was a poor man. We know this because when Mary presented Jesus in the temple, which was customary for young babies, a child that were born, they had to bring a lamb. Well, if you couldn't afford a lamb, you would bring a turtle dove. Say so they offered a turtle dove to sacrifice because they could not afford a lamb. Um, Joseph was a godly man. He walked with God. He was a God fearing man. He was. He was a devout keeper of the law. And he was engaged to a beautiful woman named Mary. In those days, you must understand that when you were betrothed, some of your versions might read betrothed, or when you you were engaged in the Jewish culture, engagement was equivalent to marriage. They would be engaged for sometimes up to a year, and then they would consummate the marriage. But in their eyes, if you were engaged, technically, you were already married. Little is known about his death, but it's believed that he died before Jesus was crucified. And the reason we say that is because when Jesus hung on the cross, he looked over to John and he said, John, behold your mother. He asked John to care for Mary. So let's look at a couple of lessons that we can learn from this story concerning Joseph. Number one, Joseph was a just man. The word just means morally right. He was honest. He was of good character. He was a godly man. And we speak about being just. Sometimes it's the temptation to think that he was a man of perfection. Nobody is perfect, but he was a man that strived for it, amen? How many know that we ought to be people that strive for perfection? We ought to be people that are just. In fact, when you look in the Bible, when when you look at people, the lives of people that God used, many of them, they were people that obeyed God. They walk with God. In fact, I'm reminded of the Bible talks about Enoch. The Bible says Enoch walked with God, and all of a sudden Enoch was not because God took him. Enoch walked in such fellowship with God that God said, "You are, boy, I can't even let you stay here on the earth. You got to come up here with me. I think about people like uh, Mary, who gave birth to Jesus. She was like a godly woman. Her lifestyle was a lifestyle that, that characterized a life that was rooted in God. I think about Job. You remember Job? God was bragging on Job. He said to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like Job in all the earth. How many know Job was a friend of God? And when you rise to the level of a friend of God, that's a whole different level. That's when you have to experience some things. Everybody, you don't really want to be a friend of God. (laughs) How many know Abraham was a friend of God? God said, Abraham, he's my friend. Do you know what Abraham went through? (laughs) Quite a bit. But these were all people that had impeccable character. In other words, they were obedient. They walked with God. Zacharias and Elizabeth, who gave birth to John the Baptist, the Bible says they were righteous. And you know, the more in sync you are in walking with God, the more God will use you and manifest his glory and presence in your life. Let me know there's something about a life that gets God's attention. Amen. We want to live your life nice and loud. You want to live your life in such a way that people know that you walk with God. That God is not just some yonder in the sky. I have a personal relationship. This was the lifestyle of Joseph. Joseph. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of honor. And God said, I'm going to use that one right there, Joseph. God used him. Secondly, Joseph did not publicly expose Mary's sin. Look at verse number 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example was mindful to put her away. Watch this. Secretly. I mean, know that there's something about this culture that, that we love the tabloids, don't we, as a culture? You ever notice that in the checkout line there's what, uh, I don't know, us and the Inquirer and the Globe and all these gossipy, everybody, people love dirt. Amen. People, when people look at news, what do people look? They want to look for the dirt. Let me see the dirt in your life. But Joseph was a man. I want you to understand something. Imagine the pain and the embarrassment that he must have felt, that the woman that he is, was supposed to marry, all of a sudden, she, I'm pregnant. Well, how'd you get pregnant? Well, um, you remember I told you to look at this story like for the very first time, like this is the first time you heard it? Uh, here's the story. Uh, I want you to put yourself in a situation. Well, how are you pregnant? Well, um, um, God came in and Andrew spoke to me and said, God made me pregnant. Brothers, you'll be like, yeah, right. You are out of your mind. What, are you serious? Joseph had every reason. See, back in those days, the law said that when you committed adultery, it said that you are to be stoned. That's what the law said. You write a bill of divorcement and you are to be stoned. Joseph had every right to do it. He had every right to say, you know what? Girl, after what you did to me. <laughs> oh, oh, girl, what you did to me but Joseph, watch this. Joseph said, no, 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 no. I'm go- watch this. I'm going to put her away. I'm going to do this thing privately. I'm not going to expose her sin. See, there's something about sometimes, how I many you know the church, we're not good at this all the time. Man, I grew up in church and people always talked about other people's dirt. There's something about our culture that want to pull the cover back and say, look at that. But it is the Christian man or woman, the the, the mature Christian, that said, no, no, let me cover that. Let me help you. Let let me get you restored. Let me get you hope. You remember the story. I don't have time to turn there for time's sake. But go to Genesis chapter 6 and read about Noah. Noah had three boys, Jeth, Ham, and Sheth. And Ham, uh, Noah uh, planted a vineyard, and Noah got drunk because he drank too much wine. And Ham and Noah got so drunk, and Noah was naked. His son walks into the room and sees his father naked. Instead of taking a blanket and covering his father, you know what he does? He goes back and tells the other brothers, hey, come on, look at daddy. Look, 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 look at that. And the Bible says, and Noah got up, and, and the Bible said that he was cursed. This was Ham. Because why? He didn't cover him. You see, if you want to walk with God, you have to have a spirit of the covers. The Bible says love covers a multitude of what? It's not to say now, for those who want to take it too far, that we are not supposed to deal with actions that are not right. But how but me know that we don't need to put anybody on public display. <laughs> Sad to say that there was a time in my Christian experience when I didn't always feel that way because I was just taught wrong. The spirit always was wrong. And I remember one time a lady got pregnant in the church and I thought to myself, man, they need to bring her out and they need to hang her. Let everybody, make a public example over her. Not pull her over to the side, not minister to her, not try to help her, not try to see if she will repent, but just bring her out. Let everybody see what kind of a, person she is. The only problem with that is that that ain't the way Jesus did stuff. You remember this, the story about the woman that was caught in adultery? Y'all remember that story? John chapter 8. Don't turn there. But John chapter 8, woman caught in adultery, and <laughs> they bring her, the Pharisees, they drag this woman up. First of all, they only brought the woman that was caught in adultery. But how many know it takes two to tangle? See, so my first question would have been, Okay, if you caught her in adultery, then where's the dude? Because the law said both of them were to be stoned to death. Not just one, but both of them. So they dragged this woman out there. Drag her out there. And they got her. And they said, Lord, see, look at this. We caught her in the very act. We got her. I mean, in the act. Y'all know the act. Y'all need me to go any further. Okay, okay. (laughs) Caught her in the very act. And Jesus Act like he didn't hear a word. He just sit down, wrote on the ground like Jesus, don't you know? Look at this sinner. Look at her. Tell us what what should we do right now? This is our chance. Let's stone her. Let's make a public example out of her. And Jesus said this, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. As my personal I don't know this for facts, so I'll just say this, but My personal opinion is that perhaps one of the guys that was caught might have been around. Because the Bible says all of them dropped their rocks. And one by one, they begin to leave. Because how many know that we all got some things that we're dealing with? Amen? Nobody is beyond the troubles and the trials of this life. Joseph he said, I'm not going public ex- to publicly expose her. He had every right to, he was feeling this. He could have, but he said, no, I'm not going to do, I'm going to do the honorable thing. I'm going to re- I'm gonna love and respect her because that's what God would want me to do. I'm going to love her. How many know that's deep? I want you to imagine. Think about it. You're married, you're engaged. You been told how many know that when you get engaged, how many people normally know. You know, you get engaged, you be Facebooking that, Twittering that telling her I'm engaged all of a sudden man your girl pregnant and Joseph said no no I ain't gonna stone her I'm not gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna tap this thing down I mean no God blessed him for that now watch this the third point this is an important point Joseph did not allow his emotions to control him I mean know that our emotions are like a roller coaster Boy, oh, if I'm Joseph, I mean, Joseph could have got to a point and said, OK, that's it. I'm done. I ain't talking to you. In fact, I ain't even going to pray no more. I know some of some people do that day. I ain't going to talk to God. I ain't going to even go to church no more because but th- this is just terrible. Joseph could have been emotional. He could have been led by his emotions. And said, I'm going to get her back. I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I mean, no, that wasn't the spirit of Joseph. That wasn't his spirit at all. Joseph still was thinking, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I mean, know that you never ever want to make a decision. Watch this. This is wisdom. This is a life lesson for us. You never want to make a decision that are derived out of your emotions. In most cases in my own personal life, every time I've made a decision, And I was led by emotions, I got in trouble. And I regretted it. Y'all know what I do on my other job, right? I talk to a lot of prisoners who were led by their emotions. And they regret it. I see them sit in the back of my car weeping and crying. Why did I do that? Let me tell you something. You don't ever want to do anything out of your emotions. Somehow, Joseph was able to gather himself together. And I believe I believe, because he was a just man. He was a righteous man. He walked with God. And he allowed God. He stayed in that place where God could speak to him. Are you tracking with me? He stayed in that place where God could, God could still use him. He, he stayed in that place where he says, I'm not going to act out on my emotions. Proverbs 25, 28 says this. Whoever has no rule over his spirit, right? This, this is a great verse. Whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down without walls. I know some of you have been hurt. Some of you have been trampled on. Some of you have been taken advantage of. But don't make any emotional decisions. You be led by the Spirit. Do you hear me? The Bible says this. Watch this. As many, this is Romans eight fourteen. For as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let me tell you something. You can never be really used by God if you are led by your emotions. Your emotions will choke the anointing. Do you hear me? If you don't watch it, your emotions can choke the anointing. It can can drown out what God wants to do in our lives. So whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down without walls. That means you're exposed. That means you can be pulled in many different directions. Galatians 5.16 says this. I say then, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do I stay with God? How do I not do the thing that my flesh want to do? I stay in the spirit. How me you know that if you walk in the spirit, you will never go wrong? Oh, you will never, never go wrong. When you walk with God, and that's why you got to learn. That's why, listen, over time, we have to learn how to train ourselves. Amen. Some of us are in the school of training because you've been, you've been living on emotions. How many know our emotions is like, it, it's like it's like uh, it's it's addictive, and people get emotional, they just lose it and, and more. They just, and it's like when it come down, it's like oh gosh, oh gosh. Joseph, how I many Joseph? He he could have acted emotionally. He could have said no 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 no. He could have went at her. Why didn't he do that? He was a godly man. He kept his emotions in check. How of you starting to like Joseph? Amen. Joseph was a great example of a man and how to dif- how to deal with a situation that was completely and totally unexpected. The fourth point is that Joseph obeyed God in the face of public humiliation. <laughs> how many know that everybody in the city, in the little town Nazareth, and perhaps in his hometown Bethlehem, where his lineage is from. That everybody was—they knew about this. They knew that she wasn't—they weren't married yet. And at this time, by this time, God has sent an angel to, to tell Joseph, said, Joseph, don't be afraid. Go ahead, take Mary to be your wife, because this thing that is in her is born of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph. Made up in his mind that at that point, that even if I'm going to be publicly humiliated, I'm going to obey God. You know, you can't walk with God and try to please people. Amen. You got to make up in your mind who's your your Lord. You cannot please. I resolved that long ago. Let, Let me let me give you wisdom in this. And I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And take it from a man that has grown up in an environment and and I was raised to think and to need the approval of men. But those who are truly, truly, listen to me, those who are truly, truly in sync with God, you are willing to even be embarrassed if it need be, in order to obey God. You mean to tell me that you're still going to love that person after what they did to you and you're still going to stay? You are out of your mind. God said for me to do this, so I'm going to do it. Oh, you mean to tell me after what they did to you, that you're not going to get them back, that you're not going to strike back? You mean to tell me that you're just going to let this thing go? Yeah. Why will you do such a thing? Because this is what God wants me to do. I'm going to obey God. I mean, no, young people, let me, let me, let me, let me help you. I know it ain't cool to walk with Jesus and talk about Jesus in the school. Amen. It ain't cool. Your peers, they're not interested in your Jesus. But you got to make a decision is it going to be Jesus or not? you got it listen we need to get to a point that even if we're publicly humiliated if this is what god told us to do we'll do it because obeying god is more important joseph think about all the people that were looking at him who did not have what he had he did, they didn't they didn't see this angel the angel didn't appear to them and tell them to t- keep Mary people who were looking at this everybody else around him was looking at joseph and saying joseph you know this woman is you know she's kind of like immoral i'm being nice because there was one scripture in the bible i can't think of it now it was one passage i believe it's in john where they tried to accuse jesus of being a son of immorality because the word was out there that 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 that, that you know that, that this this that lady you marry she won't write But you know what Joseph said? Joseph said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'm going to marry her. (laughs) I want to marry her. And I don't care what everybody else around me say. How many know Joseph, he followed suit. He was committed. He says, no matter what, I'm going to walk with God. You got to be willing to do that. Don't worry about trying to please people. We worry more about pleasing God. Amen. Please, God, let, let, pe- let God deal with people. Your job is not to try to control people. Your job is to do what God told you to do. Period. If you can go to sleep at night and your conscience is clear, then it's all right. But boy, if you don't do what God tells you to do and you know he told you to do something, <laughs> and you know what you're supposed to do. how I me mean, know. it's misery coming your way. Number five. Is a big one. We only have seven of these. Mary and Joseph embraced the unexpected. Everybody say embrace. Now, y'all know that. What was Joseph's trade? Oh, he was a carpenter, wasn't he? Can you imagine that Joseph was probably thinking, you know, oh man, you know, I'm gonna marry this beautiful woman. I'm gonna build her a nice house because you know he was a carpenter, right? I'm gonna hook this thing up, man. I'm gonna build us a house by the water some nice palm trees. I'm going to have some rooms for all my kids. This is going to be great. And could you imagine that, that Mary, just like any other young lady who was just really, really excited, I'm about to get married. And she's, she's getting her bridesmaids and she's getting her dresses made and, and, and she's just so excited. Oh, this is going to be great. And she's sending out the invitation to all the family and the friends and everybody is celebrating. Man, this is going to be awesome. I mean, no, that's what they were looking at. That that was their plan. Everybody say their plan. <laughs> but when you know it, God just happened to show up and wreck their whole plan. I mean, I mean, it couldn't get any worse. All of a sudden, a, a relationship that was built on trust now, now there's suspicion because woman, you pregnant? How'd you get pregnant? Look what God did. It. Can you imagine? Now they're in a situation where they're supposed to be thinking about their honeymoon to some nice place. And all of a sudden, they find themselves running for Herod because Herod is trying to find the baby Jesus so that he can kill Jesus. All of a sudden the baby they thought that they can they can give birth to in a nice clean place. You know, we look at the baby manger, the, the scenes, the, the nativity scenes and all that. And we, we the manger, y'all know those, those nativity scenes, they ain't really they ain't really fact, you know. Uh those those little places that that you know Jesus was born, you know where he was born in? The, the the stable, they they're nasty. They're nasty animal, it stinks. It's funky. I, I, I wasn't thinking to give birth to my baby there. That's not the, all of a sudden, they find themselves now, man, they're giving birth to a baby in his stable because they couldn't even find a room. Think about it, they couldn't even find a place to had a baby, so they had the baby outside in the stinky stable. How I many know that wasn't part of their plan? But God shows up and God says, I'm going to bless you. But before I bless you, you want to be blessed? You really want to be blessed? You really? Okay, I'm going to bless you, but before I bless you, I'm going to wreck your life. You got to get rid of your own plans. Oh, I saw y'all got quiet then. You know, after all, you did say you gave your life to Jesus, right? You know, when you give your life to Jesus and your life is not your own. <laughs> See, if you say to God, Lord, how many of you ever prayed this prayer? Be honest. Lord, use me. How many of you ever prayed that prayer? Well, you know, when you say to the Lord, Lord, use me, you forfeit the right to tell him how. <laughs> we say, here's what, here's what we're really praying. Lord, use me to the extent that I want it. Use me, Lord, to the extent that I like it. Use me, Lord, to the extent that it'll make me happy. But, oh, no, if you really, you know, some of God's most profound and anointed people, boy, they got a testimony. They're in this book. But if you look at their life, man, they had to slay some giant. They had to overcome some stuff. They, Boy, they had to fight. So Mary and Joseph, their plans were completely and totally changed, rearranged. I know this is what you want. Some of us, you, you have plans, right? You, you have plans. How I many of you would say that you're right where you thought you would be 10, 20, 15 years ago? No. You'd be like, no, nah, I, I had plans. I, like, you I said earlier about my daughter, she stands in the window. And she just dances and she, but you know what I see? She's making plans. The Bible says a man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. God is sovereign. So they're unexpected. So perhaps you're dealing with an unexpected situation today. What is your attitude in that situation? Are you lashing out at God? Are you angry at God? Or are you with the attitude of Joseph and Mary? They simply embrace it. They say, this is what, what we planned. This is not what we wanted. But God, who is the king of my life. You hear people stand up in church, you know, when they give a testimony where I grew up. I just want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I say, who is, the, who is the Lord of my life? I want to thank the Lord Jesus. He's he, 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 he the Lord of my life. Is he really the Lord of your life? Yeah. He could change some things, but for for his own purposes and for his own reason, I know God does things on his time frame, and we must learn to embrace the unexpected. I imagine, I know it's very difficult. I cannot explain to my pastor friend who pastors a church who oversees the people of God why your 18-year-old boy was killed in a car accident. What can I say to him? What can you say to that? Imagine that being your own child. What, what, words? Could God have stopped that? I mean, God, God, I mean, I will be, emotions will be running rampant, right? I mean, God, you could have stopped this. I mean, to make matters worse, there were three people in the car. Three. Two live. Guess which one died? But, you know, they'll have to come to a place where they will have to embrace They don't necessarily have to love it, but God will give them the grace if they stay faithful. How many know you got to keep the right attitude when you're going through it? Because if you let your emotions dictate to you how you respond, you miss God. you miss God. Number six. (laughs) Although Joseph couldn't see the big picture, God was sovereignly at work. Now, I... (laughs) How many many of you ever play chess? Any chess players in the house? You know, chess is amazing, right? I never learned how to play. Somebody got to teach me how to play chess. I really like chess. I've always liked chess. I can play checkers. I'll whip you in some checkers. Don't mess with checkers. I'll whip you in some checkers. But I can't can't play no chess. (laughs) You know. But one of the things about chess is that, man, you know, when you're looking at that chess board, you see everything, don't you? But imagine yourself being like, one of those little checkers that's being moved. You know, you'd be like, where are you taking me? Why are you moving me over here? I don't, I, where are you taking me? Why I gotta go over here? Why can't I go this way? I like it over here. Why, why are you moving me? Why are you shifting me? Why, 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 why? Imagine yourself. I mean, how many know that we're just like little chess? What do you call those little little things? How do you call? Pods? Ponds, I say that right? Ponds. See my ignorance. I'm ignorant. <laughs> ponds. So how many know that we're like that? God just move us here and there. We're like, I don't know what are you doing. Well, I'm going. But you know, as you're the chess player when you're over that board, you know exactly what you're doing for the most part. You're thinking way ahead of the game, right? If you're a good chess player, you think ahead, right? You can't be a good chess player and not be a visionary. You got to be able to see ahead. How many know that God is at work in your life? The whole time that Mary and Joseph, listen to me, the whole time they were going through all that, how many know God was in the background pulling the strings? God was moving them in place. You know, Mary got a word, right? Mary got a word. Gabriel shows up. Hey, Mary, you're going to get pregnant. And then God has to turn right back around, right? Now, God got to somehow. Now, imagine Mary saying, Lord, you know, what she said, what did Mary say? Lord, how can it be? I ain't never touched a man. And I'm sure that another question might have been, how in the world am I going to explain this to Joseph? What does God do? God sends his angel over to Joseph, right? And Joseph, get it where he says, Joseph, take her. God sends, God warns Joseph in a dream. Take the child to Egypt. Why do I got to go to Egypt? Because Harry going to try to kill him. When he gets back, I'll let you know when it's time to come back. God sends another angel, Says, now it's time to come back. In other words, the whole while, the, the whole time they were going through all of this, God was what? God was pulling the strings. How many know that God is sovereign in your life? You don't see the big picture. You know, that's what drives us nuts, doesn't it? You don't see the big picture. You only see, you don't understand. And sometimes God shifts you and move you, and you're like, mm. but it's okay. Don't trip over that. Don't trip that. Say, God, I thank you. I know you're taking me somewhere because it says that all things work together for good for those who love God. I know I love you. So even though this don't make no sense to me, I'm going to let you take me and put me where you want to put me. It's all right with me. Any other attitude will drive you up the wall. You will slam your head trying to figure God out because he does it according to his own will. God when it's time for him to reveal he'll reveal but he does it in his own time but joseph and mary god was sovereignly at work and god wants you to know today that he's sovereignly at work in your life too he's working i know some of you saying i don't see it don't worry about it just keep keep serving keep loving and watch this keep obeying keep loving keep obeying keep doing what god told you to do and even if you don't know anything else you know how to obey right you know what the bible says right do that do what you're supposed to do and let god do the rest lastly number seven and we're done joseph fulfilled his purpose isn't that great? his purpose was to be the earthly father to jesus and his purpose was to facilitate and to make sure and to protect And to care for Mary and that baby. How many know he did a a great job? Every one of you have a purpose. You know, we say that in this church a lot, and I think sometimes we always have to repeat it because it's hard for us sometimes to think with so many people on the planet, with there's so many problems on the planet, how in the world is God really concerned about little old me? Well, you know, if the Bible said that God has numbered every hair on your head, how many know that God knows you pretty intimately? Or if he can number where all the hairs were on your head, he can still do that too. (laughs) God knows you intimately. He really does. And, 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 you know, and the the biggest challenge is that it's hard for you and I sometimes to believe that God really has a purpose for me. Yes, God really does have a purpose for you. God really does have, he's he's had a course for your life. You got to believe that. You got to believe that. No matter what you're going through. Well, pastor, I don't understand. What I'm looking at right now don't make sense to me. It's okay. God has a purpose for you. Joseph fulfilled his purpose. You know why? Because he stayed close to his God. His, and, this, and this is it. He stayed close to God, number one. He maintained a godly attitude and a godly perspective. Everybody say godly perspective. That's key. And he was faithful to obey God, even though he had a lot of questions. He says, I'm going to still obey. And lastly, watch this. This is a big one. He treated Mary with love, grace, and respect. And God blessed him. And Joseph is a man of incredible, incredible grace. So as we look at the life of Joseph, I hope that you gain some insight into his life. This man was a man who had to deal with many of the same things that you and I are dealing with today. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning. I just want you to think for a moment. Maybe you're in a situation right now. You're, You're just going through it, right? You're going through it. And life has really... You're you're confused about some things. There are some things that have been unchecked. There are some things that have caused you to even doubt God. God wants you to know today. He sent me here to tell you today that he is still in control. And God wants you to know today that he has plotted a course for each and every one of us. God, I thank you this morning. I just want you to just, right where you're sitting at this morning, I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit. He's speaking right now. And God has a word for you. I want to take a moment. Instead of doing an altar call, this is what I sense the Lord is saying. God is speaking right now. And God has a word specifically for you. Hear him. I'm going to take a moment and ask you to focus for a moment, 100%, your attention on the Lord. And ask the Lord right now to speak to you. God is speaking. Nobody is moving. Jason, God wants you to know that He's fixing it. He told me to tell you that this morning. He's fixing it. He says, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. father I thank you so much God many of us have had some very very unexpected situations God but we thank you that now that you've given us wisdom on how to navigate our way through God I pray that you would help your people God will you please help them to endure Help us to endure hard times, to endure frustrations. God, you endured so much for us, and we ought to be able to endure for you. God, strengthen the hearts and minds of your people. And God, I trust that you spoke to people right where they are. They don't like their situation, they didn't plan it, this wasn't what they envisioned, but God, you had a plan. You're still at work and nothing has changed. Help your people to see and maintain faith in this very difficult season. God, if I will, Lord, I want to be bold this morning and pray for Brother Pastor Herman and Shanika. Lord, I pray for, that you would comfort them, God, in their loss of their son, their pride and their joy. God, will you please strengthen them in this moment and in this hour? Will you send the Holy Spirit to bring deep comfort, deep comfort, Lord? And God, we pray for his healing and his wife's healing and for a speedy recovery and that somehow, God, somehow, we know that you will get glory out of this, somehow, because you're a good God. And your mercy endures forever. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Amen. Amen. Stay back for a little while and grab some snacks. Hopefully the ice, the road is not too bad. Um it's bad out there. I'm being told it's bad out there. Um, but we want you guys to be careful. So, um I just I just pray that God, that God will help you this week. Amen. Believe God. I know your situation may not be what you expect it to be. Believe God and stay faithful. And watch what God will do. God's going to turn your situation around. Amen. Stretch your hands unto the Lord with me. Father, we thank you. We love you, God. We thank you for the word that you've given us today. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him be glory, dominion, power now and forevermore. Father, I pray that you protect your people on the dangerous roadways as they travel. Bless and keep them, O oh Lord, until we meet again. We thank you and we praise you and all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you next week.